This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. There is something, there is something out there right now that's, that's trying to fight me, trying to keep me from doing this episode. I don't know what's going on, but holy hell, it's been a hell, it's been a hell, it's been a hell of a day. So what's going on guys? How are we doing out there? We got another DFS episode coming at you. Of course, we're actually going to be covering the Thursday night games. Excited to do this one for you guys, although the universe is telling me not to. I mean, everything from, from waking up late to my dog playing with the squeaky toy the, the first go around when I actually tried to go live. Oh man, it, it's just been thing after thing. And then of course, my least favorite thing that happened was the website that I use on CBS to give me defense points against, and I can actually check the positions to give you guys better you know, matchups. That website is actually redirecting me to a different page, so I can't get on there to see which defenses are, you know, terrible up against which guys, you know, the guys in the slot, the guys on the outside, the tight ends, etc. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing this episode for you guys, but I just want you to keep in mind that I don't have my normal, I guess, uh, you know, research that I'm able to pull. So there might be a couple things that I wasn't able to look at. I still got most of them done. But it took me a little bit longer to do. This is why I'm going so late today. I normally go live at four for the DFS episode. But yeah, I had to do so much more research than I normally do to try and, and compile these these analytics to figure out the, the best overall lineups for this for the slate. So before I dive into it, guys, if y'all want to check me out on Patreon, I forgot to do this last week. If you guys check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasy intervention, you're actually going to get three of my lineups for this slate. You're going to get one of my contrarian lineups, you know, a lineup that I don't think very many people are actually going to play. Uh, you're going to get a cash lineup, the lineup that I always play in like 10 cash tournaments just to make sure that my money balances out. And then, of course, you're going to get my tournament, tournament play, which is, you know, a play that it's going to have a little bit of chalk and a little bit of, uh, you know, ownership, lower ownership uh, guys or lower owned guys. Excuse me. Now, let's go ahead and dive into it, guys. And, and honestly, Tom Brady. Let me give one more plug, actually. Patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. There we go. All right, so Tom Brady actually looks like a whole different player uh, compared to what I'm used to watching. Uh, he's been absolutely, you know, playing off his rocker, especially, especially this, this past game. I mean, what do you have? I believe over 300 yards or so and, and just smashed, you know, up against the Chargers who have a relatively overall good defense. Uh, not only is he up there in the... Uh, in deep throws and deep attempts. Uh, he's also up there in multiple different metrics that we did not see last year. Now, whether that was because of the wide receiver core not being there for the Patriots last year, or, you know, Tom Brady just coming out firing, you know, coming out motivated. You know, maybe Bruce Arians is saying the right things, but either way, he's doing it. So he's fourth in red zone attempts. He's third in deep, uh, deep ball attempts. Uh, money throws are number one. He's only thrown a potential five interceptable passes, right? Meanwhile, he has the fourth most passing touchdowns. Uh, he's on fire right now. 
He is absolutely on fire. But this Bears defense, man, this Bears defense is no joke. So although I love Tom Brady, I got to figure out the right combinations if I do want to play him. And while saying that, right, we have to realize that that this could actually be the one week so far that we've seen on Thursday night or Monday nights for the single slates where you might be able to actually not play a quarterback and actually win big. So uh, once again, all of all of Tom Brady's options are pretty much either questionable, doubtful or out. Uh, it, it could be very, very challenging up against a very, very good Bears secondary. Uh, the Bears haven't allowed a passing touchdown to a wide receiver or a running back. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive as a whole. Now, it's not like they played the gauntlet of the wide receivers or the running backs. I mean, they faced the Giants, the Colts, the Lions, and the Falcons. The Lions didn't have Galladay. You know, the Falcons didn't have Jones, right? And they held Ridley to five receptions on 13 targets. So that's good. But Gage only played... played 12 snaps. So they were able to focus and hone in on, on of course, uh, uh, Calvin Ridley. So like I said, they haven't really played the, the gauntlet of the wide receivers. In terms of the running backs they've played, uh, there was only one uh, running back that had more than three targets. And I think it was like Deion Lewis, like four or five. So we're kind of limited with like a small sample size, right? Like we didn't see any kind of, you know, crazy plays going on up against the Bears. So I can't sit there and I can't be like, don't play pass catching running backs. You know, don't play wide receivers up against the Bears. Don't do it. It's the wrong play. I don't think that is necessarily a lo- a, the wrong play just because we just haven't, we haven't seen it. We have seen them able to take away certain aspects of the, this offense. So it could be another week if it's just Mike Evans and Scotty Miller out there for the wide receivers. Um, Ridley, so far, is the only player with over 100 receiving yards to any of the positions. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the outlook's not great. I'm still going to have shares of Brady and Evans and, you know, Scotty Miller, right? Since they give up targets to the receiver underneath. And even Tyler Johnson, uh, he hasn't seen a target yet, but he's kind of, he's kind of interesting because he's playing almost all of his snaps out of the slot. So I'm not going to be super heavy on any of these guys, but I do like certain combinations and just a few of Brady, Evans, Miller, and of course, Tyler Johnson, not in the same lineups, but all separate. Uh, who I am going to be heavy on and who I'm going to, you know, pound the table for is going to be the tight ends with Gronkowski and, and Cameron Brate. We had Hurst, uh, Mo Alley-Cox, and Hawkinson all get a touchdown up against the, the Bears. Meanwhile, the, the one game that they didn't get it in, it was Ingram, who was 6 for 8 for 65 yards. So that's pretty promising for the tight end position, especially in a game that we're going to consider to be, you know, semi-low scoring. Man, it's tough for me to sit there and, and say, go play every instance of Gronk, because I think that, that Brake could actually be a piece of this offense as well. But Gronk has far outsnapped even O.J. Howard before O.J. Howard got hurt. And, I mean, he almost doubled out his, the routes that he ran to O.J. Howard. Gronk has run 93 routes. O.J. Howard has only ran 59. And now that he's hurt and he's out, I mean, they could be looking, you know, Gronk's way a lot more often than what they did. It, it's kind of crazy. I mean... They haven't had the easiest matchups either in Tampa Bay up against the tight ends. Uh, three out of the four matchups have been against top 12 defenses versus the tight end. So uh, I'm looking for Gronk to actually have a big time, big time breakout game and, and to kind of smash faces. Meanwhile, uh, Brait, you know, sliding in that block, blocking role. Gronk could actually actually see some, some, some more snaps out of the slot. We saw it happen last week while, while Cameron Braid actually came in the game after O.J. Howard got hurt. So, uh, 
I, I think that we could see one of these just massive blow-up weeks like we saw with Robert Tanyan last week. And this could actually be the, the captain spot or the, the MVP play. That bonus spot that gets you know additional points to it. I think that Gronk might actually be one of the best options for that to happen. I mean, I won a lot of money uh, this past Monday night off of that Tanyan play in the bonus spot. And I think it could happen with Gronk as well. So look for Gronk and Bray to be mixing a bunch, a bunch of my personal lineups. Uh, Gibson, right? 5'10". He's the guy that's covering, you know, the tight ends uh, to an extent. He's, he's 5'10". He's really undersized. He's not the ideal guy. And Eddie Jackson should have his hands full trying to keep Mike Evans from, from beating him deep. So I see a lot of bracketed coverage over on Mike Evans' side. I think that Gronk is the right play. Now, I know we mentioned the running backs not doing well in the air up against the, uh, the Bears. But I actually really like Keyshawn Vaughn uh, for the first time, like, ever. Like, I, I liked Keyshawn Vaughn before the draft. I didn't like his landing spot. And then when Fournette got there, I thought Keyshawn Vaughn was dust. But then we saw after Rojo had, like, three egregious drops this past week. I mean, they were bad. They were bad, bad drops. After he had those three drops, Keyshawn Vaughn saw a lot more snaps in the third down type role. I believe he was like three for four on receptions for like 22 yards, and he got that touchdown towards the tail end of the game. Keyshawn Vaughn could end up being this, this passing down option, especially if McCoy, who I believe is either doubtful or he's already out, uh, if he doesn't play, I think it could be a smash spot for Keyshawn Vaughn, and he should, should be super cheap for, uh, for tournaments out there. I think he's an interesting play, and I think that he's going to get on the field, and although I've, I've cited multiple times that Tom Brady does not like rookies, he is not a... a a player that actually gravitates towards rookies. We saw a little bit of a connection there with him last week. And I know one thing's for sure. He doesn't like players that drop the ball. So Ronald Jones might actually see a reduction in, in snaps moving forward, especially in that third down roll. So far, Vaughn has uh, 19 snaps, or I'm sorry, last week, Vaughn did have 19 overall snaps. Yeah, and three out of four receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown once again. I'm thinking Vaughn could actually be relevant uh, with all these injuries going on uh, throughout the, the Tampa Bay wide receiver corps and, and with O.J. Howard getting hurt and, of course, Fournette potentially out and McCoy potentially out. I, I really think that he could be relevant. Keep an eye on that, that uh, active and inactive report. And if both Fournette and McCoy miss, I'm smashing Vaughn. I really think I'm going to smash on Tom Brady really doesn't have anybody else to go to outside of uh, outside of Gronk, who hasn't proved anything so far. And Mike Evans and maybe Scotty Miller. So if I look at Brady's stats, Brady has actually targeted the, uh, the running back a whopping 43 times over the first four games so far this season. That, that, that's almost 10 targets a game, guys. And I know that's simple math, but just in case for those of you who, who don't get the simple math, that's 10 targets a game. Vaughn could easily see six or seven targets and take that for 60, 70, 80 yards, maybe two touchdowns. I like Vaughn a lot this week. Uh, I still think that Rojo is a play to an extent, but the Bears are averaging 4.18 yards on the ground so far, and they have given up a rushing touchdown. Yeah, they've given up a rushing touchdown in each game. So I, like, I actually like playing Rojo this week. I think that he could absolutely... You know, I'm, I'm not going to say smash, but he could put up enough fantasy points to be relevant. And like I said earlier, this could actually be the game where you don't play a quarterback. Like we could see a, you know, a, a 13 to 10 type game tonight. I really think that's possible. This is two really good defenses with one injury prone offense and another offense that's questionable at best with Nick Foles at quarterback. It's going to be that type of game. And honestly, I normally don't cover defenses. Like I don't talk about the potential of, of a defense actually being a major, you know, option. I think I mentioned the 
Jets or the Broncos back a couple weeks ago, and I made a little bit of money off that. But, I mean, it's kind of rare to see a defense actually, you know, score a touchdown. It's not kind of rare. It's extremely rare to see a defense actually score a touchdown and put up enough points to be relevant. I think this could be the week. I mean, we see Foles in six quarters already has four interceptable passes. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. That's absurd. Four interceptable passes already in four quarters. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, he's not even completing passes in the red zone. He's only completing 50% of his passes in the red zone, and that's normally easy completions for the most part. I mean, he's not even really completed passes at all. I think he's like south of 60% completion percentage. Not 100% sure on that, but I think it's pretty close to that. Um, when it comes to true completion percentage, he's ranked 34th in the NFL, which eliminates you know throwaways, eliminates drops. In true completion percentage, he's 34th. <laughs> That's that's nuts to me. Uh, I, I think that he could. I think this defense, you know, for Tampa could have a big game. They pressure the quarterback on 29% of the dropbacks and they sack the quarterback on 29.8. Or I'm sorry, 29.9% of the dropbacks and then they sack the quarterback on 29.8. So, yeah, I think that Tampa could actually have a huge game and I think they're worth playing. Uh, I don't think that FanDuel does FanDuel does do defenses if FanDuel does defenses uh, absolutely and of course DraftKings does so I think that they're worth a play I don't know about a bonus spot play because I don't know if there's gonna be enough volume you know to go around with like passing attempts but as a option you know in your rosters I think that they still might be worth it now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't play Foles right because Foles could still have three interceptions and three touchdowns um he he already has 12 12 in six quarters, he has 12 deep ball attempts. That's absolutely insane. That's crazy. I love that. 12 deep ball attempts in six quarters. That, that's awesome. I mean, half these quarterbacks, like I want to say it was Justin Herbert back, not this past week, but the week before that, only had two deep ball attempts the entire game. So to see him already have 12, that's amazing. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, in addition, the only running back, to get more than 3.28 yards per carry was Eckler, who only rushed twice before getting hurt. So the running backs can't run. Nick Foles is going to have to pass. It's going to be a super, super sexy matchup for Nick Foles. Um, I, I'll hop back to the, to the running backs here in a minute, but I do want to look at these wide receivers that you can kind of team up and play with Nick Foles. Um, although Tampa, uh, Tampa's defense is actually good, they have given up 11 explosive plays to the wide receiver, which is kind of middle of the road. Um, but the majority of those came up against Sean Murphy Bunting, who's allowed 150 yards and two touchdowns on only six completions. That has big game written all over it. And guess who lines up there, baby? Guess who lines up there? That's Allen Robinson over there, right? Allen Robinson. I love this. I mean, he lines up everywhere. But yeah, he's, he's a must play. Allen Robinson for me is actually probably one of my biggest locks on this entire lineup. Uh, him and Gronk are going to be the two guys that I gravitate towards. I don't know if I'm going to have Allen Robinson in necessarily a, a captain spot, but I think I'm definitely going to have him in my lineup. I'll probably be 90% of mine. Now, the, the weird part is, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, like I feel like this was every single play last week. They went to the nickel formation. Um, when, when they go to the nickel formation, Jamel Dean actually slides to the outside and Sean Murphy Bunting actually slides into the slot. Uh, it, it makes sense, but I mean, could Allen Robinson actually get, get a matchup and get a deep you know, target off of one of those? I, I think it's possible. Uh, I also think that it's possible that Anthony Miller gets it there. Now, Anthony Miller's dropped like three passes in the end zone, and it has completely destroyed me because I liked Anthony Miller this year. I mean, I didn't love him. He wasn't like a top-end draft pick for me, but I liked Anthony Miller a lot. Uh, so, 
you know, if he keeps, if he continues to see those targets out of the slot and he's up against Sean Murphy Bunting, who actually overplays a lot of these routes, like he, he's extremely fast, he's extremely athletic, but that actually kind of gives him too much confidence and he jumps routes too often because he thinks he can recover from it. And that's actually led to a lot of the big plays. So Anthony Miller, who's actually really good with the double move, uh, he's a play here for me. He's a play here. The interesting guy, though, and the guy that I actually love, love, love as a tar- uh, tournament dart throw is, is Mooney. I mean, Mooney could end up going up against him, right? Mooney lines up on his side on 40 out of his, like, I want to say, like, 150 snaps so far this season, something along those lines. Uh, and he's actually getting more snaps overall than Anthony Miller. He's that outside guy. The Bears have needed this, this extra talent, right? Uh, with, with Anthony Miller not getting yards after the catch, right? And, and not getting open and, and having a very subpar yards per reception, along with Allen Robinson, too. I mean, neither one of those guys are really good. I think Allen Robinson was 100 out of like 155 for guys that are yards after the catch. Meanwhile, Anthony Miller was like 145 out of 155. It was something like that when it came to yards after the catch. So yeah, neither one of these guys are overly dynamic. So they brought in Mooney, who is extremely athletic. I mean, this guy is an absolute monster. And, you know, with his speed, he could absolutely hit a double move, you know, once or twice and, and finish this game with, you know, 120 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, we saw Guyton get the long bomb up against him last week. We saw uh, uh, Tyron Johnson, I think his name was. He got the long bomb up against him last week. We could easily see Mooney in that same exact role. And if Matt Nagy, who doesn't really watch film, I feel like, I mean, that's not necessarily true, but I just feel like he doesn't. If he watches any film, then he could use Mooney in this case and in the scenario. Even if he's not matched up against, uh, you know, Murphy Bunting, Carlton over there on the other side only has four, five, three speed. And he's been pretty good so far. I'm not saying that he's a, a bad, you know, a bad receiver or anything like that. But, man, a single coverage up against Carlton. I, I'm just seeing Mooney with at least one touchdown this week on at least one big play. I think he's worth a captain spot play, and I think that he's worth you know throwing into a few lineups here and there. I think he could actually pay off big time, especially, especially, especially if you're going to be playing Nick Foles. Now, Winfield over there, the safety, he's being asked to cover the tight end, and that has not been working out very well for him at all. Uh, he's, uh, he's been very, very subpar at best up against the tight end. And let, let me see, let me see. Where are my notes down here? He has allowed, let's see, seven catches for 69 yards on 11 targets when in man coverage up against the tight end. So I like Jimmy Graham, who, by the way, is leading the tight ends in red zone targets and second in red zone receptions to be a player. Like, I think that he could be. And Cole Kement's an option as well. I mean, you know, if you want a dart throw, Cole Kement's probably really, really cheap. Uh, I think that he's a good dart throw. And then, of course, you have Demetrius Harris. Demetrius Harris has seven targets so far, and he's actually out snapping Cole Kement. So Demetrius Harris, who's a massive human being, you guys think that uh, that Mo Ali Cox is big? You should check out Demetrius Harris, man. This guy is an absolute monster. And, you know, throughout his career, I, I feel like teams should have been using him in the past game more often. but. Uh, for some reason, they use him as a blocker, and it could be because of his strength and because of, of his wingspan, but any time that he's asked to go out and catch the ball, he does that, and he does it really, really well. This guy is 6'7". Demetrius Harris, 6'7", 235, runs a 4.57. That's insane. That is so sexy. Like, why don't they use this guy in the passing game more often? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. 
He's got a 34 and one, one quarter inch arm span. It's in the 89th percentile. This guy is an absolute monster. He has burst off the line. He looks great when he's asked to be a pass, catch, pass catcher, but he just doesn't do it as often. So I, I really like the opportunity there for Demetrius Harris. Uh, he's already seen one deep target so far this season, and he's gotten two red zone targets out of his seven total targets. I love him, love him, love him as a dart throw. Love him as a dart throw. All right, on to the running backs. And as I referenced earlier with Tampa's run defense, I'm not going to be playing Montgomery. Like I, I'm, I probably will have zero. I might have one share of Montgomery just if the prices work out right, but 90% chance that, that I will have zero shares of Montgomery. Uh, this Tampa defense is just so good. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year. Uh, it, it's just, it, you can throw on these guys to an extent, but you can't run on them. I mean, like I said, outside of, what was it, uh, Christian McCaffrey had like a 3.28 yards per carry. Uh, there were no other running backs that played the entire game that, uh, that actually, you know, had more than, than 3.28. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm not playing Montgomery. But I do think that Patterson, Cordell Patterson could be a sneaky flyer as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, Tampa Bay, you can actually pass to the running back against them. I mean, it's not like over the top, like, oh, my God, you got to pass up against Tampa Bay. These are the, these are the, this team sucks up against, you know, the receiving backs. It's not quite like that, but they have allowed, what is this, 256, yeah, 256 receiving yards uh, and two touchdowns over the first four games of the season. So although I'm not saying like, oh my God, you got to play Cordell, like he, his snap percentage has gone up and he is expected to be the passing down back. And, you know, one week with Treat Cohen out and potentially the Bears losing, I think that Cordell Patterson could actually play a role in this offense. And if he finishes with a, with a touchdown and, and, 40 yards receiving or something like that, you won. Like that, that's a major win. Uh, you get your ROI and you're good to go. But that's going to close it out for us, guys. I get to finish out the episode by talking about Cordell Patterson. Honestly, I don't really have too many other flyers outside of the tight end position for, um, you know, both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the, uh, and the Tampa Bay, and the uh, Chicago Bears. Wait, did I say Buccaneers? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. I don't know if I said that right. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't have too many flyers outside of those tight ends, so I'm not, not going to be playing those guys. If you want to go and check out my content, go check it out on linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. You guys can see it scrolling at the bottom of my screen for those of you that are watching live. Listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this DFS episode. Go check us out on linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. Go follow us on Patreon so you can actually get a lineup, right? You can get three of my lineups and play with me. I've won a lot of money over the past, uh, you know, two weeks or so. So it's been fun. It's been fun. Anyways, guys, thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. I'm out. That's how you bang a podcast.